0: Let's let's start our time together in God's Word with a prayer. Uh, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, may it all be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So I want to start uh, this message today by asking everybody a question. And you have to give just the impulse, whatever pops into your head first. And it's going to be on the honor system, because I'm not going to be able to... I would love to actually go around with a microphone and hear your answers, but um, not everybody would be comfortable with that, and there's too many people here. So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to have you fill in a blank in your mind. I'm going, to have, I'm going to put it up on screen in just a second. And when it pops up there, you have to fill in the blank with whatever comes into your mind first, and then hold on to that answer. You cannot switch it. Can everybody be honest? We're in church. You have to be. Okay? Um, so fill in the blank with this. I am thankful for got it? You got your answer? You're not allowed to change it. I'm thankful for, hopefully you have an answer now. Okay? Now, keep your answer in your head, and let me see if I can guess the category, the categories that your answers fell in. Okay? So there, there are four different categories I thought of that typically you'll find for an answer to this question, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, this, if this is, uh, was your, your answer was in one of these four as well. The first one is this. We're not going to fill in that blank on the top because that's yours, right? So the first is possessions. Maybe that's something that you, you, you put in that blank. Now, not the word possessions, but maybe you thought of, of your house or something that you own that, that is really special to you, that means a lot to you. Uh, maybe it's a car that you drive, maybe it's your bank account, Uh, maybe it's a kind of food that you like. Sometimes you say, I'm thankful for, and and Papa Murphy's cowboy pizza pops into your head. That could be what you had. That pops into my head when I'm thankful for things, because it's my favorite kind of pizza. Uh, so, So, it might have been something related to possessions. Second, maybe it wasn't possessions, but maybe it was related to positions. Now, by that, I mean um, you, you have certain positions, you have certain vo- callings, vocations in your life, right? Uh, you might have thought of your career that you're very thankful for, that might have been the thing. You might have thought of your role as, uh, your position as maybe like a father or a grandfather. Uh, th- that's what I mean by positions. Maybe that, maybe that popped into your head. Or, here's the third category that might have included your answer, something, something personal. And by that I mean, you know, maybe something like your health, something personal to you. That um, maybe you don't take that for granted because of something you've been through recently, and, and you have the health to be here today, and, and that that is something you're very thankful for. Something something personal like that, or a situation that you're in right now that you're thankful for, that's personal to you. That might be the category that that you have for this blank. And then there's a fourth one, and I'll, I'll say that one is uh, people or a person that you thought of. Maybe that maybe that popped into you. I'm so thankful for, and you thought of your spouse. Aw, that'd be sweet, right? Um, Or you thought of your child or your children, or you thought of uh, your parents, or you thought of that really special friend that is always there, has been there for you for so long, and you're so thankful for that friend, and that's who popped into your mind. I'm thankful for, and their name is what popped into your mind first. Okay, now, now, here's the honesty part. If I covered your blank with any of those four categories, raise your hand real quick. It's okay. Yeah, that's that's a vast majority of the people that are here, and I, I, I guessed right. That would have been embarrassing if nobody raised their hand. But um, now, what 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 I didn't mention, there is a fifth category that I would suggest is the most important one, and most of us didn't guess it. And I'm not I'm not putting a guilt trip on you. If you would just come up to me randomly and say, Pastor Michael, quick, fill in the blank, you're thankful for. I it might have been the pizza. I don't know. Um, but, but that's, those are the things that are right in front of us. Those are the things that we see and experience every day, the people that we see each day. So, of course, those are the things that often pop into our minds first. However, through our message today, I hope and I pray that by the end, we're going to have a different answer in our mind. That, that we will fill in that blank instinctively in a different way. What I hope that we're going to be able to do by the end of the message today is that we will thank God for, and we'll fill in the blank here with God. Thank God for God. I know there aren't any bulletins or things to fill in in blanks, but uh, mentally you can remember thank God for God. Um, So we think of God's generosity, we think of God's thoughtfulness, we think of God's um, God's uh, unconditional, unshakable, tender, loving mercy for us. And we've got a reason to thank him, don't we? And so often we, we, we see what's right in front of us and we fail to look up and to thank God. So many times we, we think about the blessings, but we don't think about the one who gives them. We thank God or others for the, these things, these blessings, but we f- don't directly thank God for him and who he is. Or, or maybe we brag about a certain thing or person or blessing or possession, but we don't boast so much in the God who gives every good and perfect gift. And my prayer is that, that through our message today, as we focus on Scripture, that's going to change for us. Okay, so to help us do that, we're going to be zeroing in today on a psalm, uh, Psalm 92, Psalm 92. And every time we have a message like this, I know sometimes they might feel long to you, but there is not, there's just never enough time to fully unpack the scripture that we have before us. And it's true of Psalm 92 as well. So could I ask you, um, in the next day or two, as part of your Thanksgiving, would you open up a Bible to Psalm 92 and read through it a couple more times, think about what we talk about today, and let it sink deep into your heart and mind, okay? So Psalm 92. This was a psalm that was written... Um, for the Sabbath day. And and there's like 150 psalms, and you would think that there might be other ones that were written for the Sabbath day, but the truth is, this is the only one that has that heading. The Sabbath day was Saturday. It was the seventh day of the week. It was the day God said you should rest. This was an agricultural society back in the Old Testament they had to work really hard, really long hours. If, literally, if you didn't work, you didn't eat because your, your crops would die or your animals would die and you would have no more food. And God said to those people in those circumstances, don't work for a day. Uh, what, once a year we shouldn't? No, every week, don't work for a day. That was an act of faith, to, to rest, to stop doing all the work, And and, and while they're not working, they're not not paying attention to the things, the work that was right in front of them, what were they supposed to be doing? This psalm tells us. Where was their focus to be on that special day every single week? Look at Psalm 92. First verse says, It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. It is good to praise the Lord. It is good to thank Him. It is appropriate, it is needed, it is necessary, it is good. The opposite of that is, it's bad not to. It's bad not to acknowledge God and who he is and all that he's done. It is good to praise the Lord. second verse says, Proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Proclaiming your love in the morning and at night. In other words, continuously praising God and acknowledging God. For all he is and all he's done now, I don't know about you, but but sometimes that's a challenge for me I don't always remember to be thankful all the time do you? I can remember uh, about a month ago I was on my way to the corps for the, the morning worship service, and <clears throat> you know that roundabout at Northland and Richmond it's It's pretty dangerous, actually. So I was was going into that roundabout. I was in the inside lane. There was somebody in the outside lane. And if you know how it's supposed to work, the person in the outside lane can't just keep circling around. They have to get off if they're going straight there. And this person right in front of me circled right in front of my car. I slammed on the brakes and laid on the horn at the same time. And that person fortunately saw me. They also stopped. We didn't hit. We were about four inches away from each other, and I'm, I'm sitting right in front of this person's window looking up at the SUV, and, and they look down at me, and they are angry at me, and uh, give a gesture that indicates I was the idiot, and I was the stupid one. Well, you can imagine what that did for my heart on a Sunday morning. Um, after this person drove off, though, I, I continued on my way to the core, calmed myself down a little bit, and I said a thank you prayer. Lord, thank you for, not getting, for, for me not getting in an accident there. I mean, we were slow enough, I don't think anybody would have been injured, but car damage, and I would have been late for church, and I would have been without a car for a while, and the hassle of it, and the insurance, and probably a deductible, and oh, I was so thankful that that, that accident didn't happen. And then, I, then as I drove another mile or so, it, it just it struck me, that's the, thirst, the first thing I've, thought, I've thanked God for today. Here it is, a Sunday morning, my favorite day of the week, I'm going to church to praise God. It's awesome. This was a month ago and the weather was still good. Today was pretty good too. But um, it was a nice day and I had not thanked God for anything yet until I was spared that accident. You that way too sometimes? That, that uh, our thanks to God is sporadic, periodic, only when something unusually good happens to us, which let's, let's be honest, that's not every day. But when that unusually good thing does happen, then we remember to thank God. And what this psalm reminds us is, no, every morning, every night, constantly, we are thanking God for who He is and for all that He's done. Then verse 3 says this, To the music of the ten-stringed lyre and melody of the harp. Uh, Back in verse 1 it said, uh, It is good to make music to your name, O Most High, to the music of this ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp." You ever think about the importance of music in worship? Did you know that that is throughout the Bible? I I did a quick search uh, on BibleGateway.com. There are over a hundred instances and verses, parts, that talk about using music to worship and praise and thank God. When, When the children of Israel were brought out of slavery in Egypt, And they were spared from being destroyed by Pharaoh's army. They sang. Moses led the whole nation in in song. Right, the book of Psalms, right smack dab in the middle of your Bible. You ever tried that? If you ever want to find the book of Psalms, just open it right up to the middle. That whole book, 150 of them, they are songs. It's the song book of the Bible. They were originally sung. We know that Jesus sung. He sang hymns with his disciples. We have an instance in uh, the book of Acts where Paul and Silas were in prison for preaching about Jesus, and they were singing psalms and songs of praise to God well into the night. If you did our Bible reading plan, maybe you remember from the book of Revelation uh, what, is, what, what heaven is described at. We're going to be in the presence of God, and what are we going to be doing? Singing will be a huge part of it. And the, the, the description of the song is absolutely mind-boggling. That, that all of the church, of all the world, Old Testament, New Testament, and all of the angels, all the multitude of angels, and all of creation joins together in this thunderous, loud song of praise and thanks to God. Oh, It's going to be so awesome. Music does something special for worship. Music adds an appropriate emotion to the truth, to the grace to, to what we see in black and white. It, adds, it takes the black and white and it makes it full color when we add music to it. Music is an incredible gift from God. Make it a part of your worship and your praise and your thanks as well. You say, wait, Pastor Michael, you don't know. I, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. That's why we're here. That's why we need this time together in worship Because my voice and my musical abilities are not up to snuff. But I am so thankful that we have musicians in our church that use those gifts so freely, so generously to help us, guide us, lead us in worship, to attach those right emotions. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but sometimes I come to church and I'm a little bit of a funk. Maybe I'm just still tired from the night before. I'm not fully awake yet. I'm not really in a great mood. And then we start our opening song. And it takes about 18 seconds, and my mood has changed. And I'm so happy to be there. And I'm singing out loud. And I hear a song like the one we just sang, and something in my heart, it it touches it deep, and it touches it quick, like nothing else can. Thank God for music. And thank those that lead us in music as well, because it's such an important part of our worship. So, in those first three verses... Thank and praise God. Do it constantly. Do it with the help of music because it turbocharges your worship and praise and thanks. And then look at the next verse, verses four and five. What we haven't answered yet is why? Why should we do this? Well, verse four and five tell us. For you, Lord, you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy. There it is again, singing. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. For his works, for his deeds, for what his hands have done, we thank and we praise God constantly and with music. And what has God done? Well, that's where we need to remember constantly. We need to review that regularly. Otherwise, we start to forget, it starts to fade. What has God done? What are the works that we praise him for? Well, first of all, he is the creator. He made you. He made everything around you. He made this, uh, this beautiful world and all of nature and the entire universe and how spectacular and massive it is. God made it all. That's a reason to praise him and thank him. The, the complexity of your human body is a reason to thank and praise God. He is the creator. He did that. Praise him. And then there's something else to praise him for that's truly amazing. He is worthy of praise because he also redeemed us. In spite of who he is and what he's done, we have been bold enough to rebel against the creator of the universe, to to not obey him in every way in our life. In fact, if we would even just narrow it down, let's just forget everything else God says and just talk about thankfulness don't we already have to admit that we've blown it? If holiness was determined by the level of gratitude and constant thankfulness in our hearts, if, if, all, if that's all you needed to be holy, wouldn't you have to admit you're not? I would. Okay, so we've broken God's laws in so many ways. We've, we haven't been thankful as God requires. So what does God do? Kick us to the curb, you're out of here. No, God did something. He took action. Amazing works, amazing deeds. What did God do? We're about to celebrate it in about a month. He sent his one and only son, God in human flesh, to do what we've failed to do. Jesus showed perfect gratitude. Search through the Gospels and see if you can find examples of Jesus' thankfulness, his praise, his worship of the Father, and you'll find many examples of it. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He would start and end his prayers with praise and thanksgiving. Jesus, when he would eat, would thank God first for the meal that they were about to receive. Jesus, one time, thanked that he was praying out loud so his disciples could hear how he was praying to his father. And he thanked the father for hearing him, for listening to the prayer that he was praying. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, can't be a lot to be thankful for there, right? He's about to be tortured to death. Oh no, he still thanks God when he gives the Lord's Supper. He thanks God He gives thanks, and then he gives the bread, which is his body. He gives thanks and gives the wine, which is his blood. Oh yeah, and then they sung a hymn before they leave and go out to the Mount of Olives where Jesus would be arrested. Jesus had a perfect heart of gratitude. And he had that, not first and foremost, to be your coach. That's how you do it, folks. Now go out and be as as thankful as Jesus was. No, don't miss it. The reason Jesus was thankful and, and worshiped and praised God like that was for you. It was instead of you. He is your substitute. He is your Savior. Through faith in him, his perfect gratitude is counted as yours. And if that wasn't enough, he didn't stop there. He knew that on your record is all that ingratitude, lack of thankfulness, lack of consistency. And so what what he did is Jesus said, Father, that ugly ingratitude their ugly lack of thankfulness, put it on me. I'll take the blame. Don't be mad at them. Be mad at me. I'll do it. I'll take it. And he did. It's the reason he went to the cross. He suffered there. He died there under the wrath of God, so you will never feel the wrath of God. Did he complete the work? We know he did because he rose from the dead on the third day. He ascended back up into heaven. He rules at the right hand of the Father. He is coming again and he will raise us from the dead. We will live in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. This is your future. God promises. Are those amazing deeds? Is that something to thank God for? Always. No matter what. I'm not going to read all of the final verses of the psalm, but let me summarize a couple, the last two sections of it. In verses 6 and 7, it says, what I just described to you, um, does everybody get this? No. Fools do not understand. They will be destroyed forever. When I mean, he says, when he says, fools do not understand, it means, yeah, they just, it's just hard for them to comprehend. No. They can comprehend it, they just don't receive it into their head and their heart. They don't believe it. They don't trust in it. And they will perish. They will be cut off from the presence of God. They don't have that substitute, that Savior, Jesus, because they reject him. What a foolish thing. But what what about the righteous? What about those who believe? In contrast, it says, the righteous will flourish, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. God is upright. What does that mean? I think the way we would say it in our culture today is God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. He is upright. That's what that means. There is no wickedness in him. God is good. He is for you and he is always for you. He is my rock. So so much in this world is uncertain, isn't it? But we don't know if there we're going to be in an accident tomorrow, we don't know what's going to happen with our health, we don't know if the stock market's going to suddenly recover or tank another 50%. We don't know if we're going to get laid off tomorrow. We don't know if that relationship's going to last, if somebody's going to hurt us deeply. So many things we don't know. But we know for a fact God's love for us, the sacrifice of Jesus, the eternal life that is to come, that is the rock to build your life on. And so, my prayer is that today and every day you will thank God for God. That you will remember to do that no matter what. No matter what is going on in your life, thank God for God. Because the truth is possessions, we can lose them. And position, you might not always have it. Whether it's spouse, whether it's uh, your career, you might not always have that position. It can be lost. Your, Your health, what's happening in your personal life, sometimes things can go wrong, can't they? Whatever it is that's happening in your life, you have a rock. You have something that never fails. You can lose people, but you'll never lose God. So thank God for God, because his love never fails. And he is the rock that you can build on. Thank God for God. And what do we learn in this psalm? Quick review. Thank God for God all the time. Thank God for God with music. Thank God for God because of his works. Because you know what he's done. And as you thank God for God, know this, you will be blessed. So as we uh, as we wrap this up, can I just give you two easy homework assignments? Um, so two weeks from tonight, uh, Pastor Jim will be leading us in an, a Wednesday evening Advent service. He might give you another homework assignment. So this one covers us until that moment. Two weeks of homework, uh, but it's, it's super simple. Two things I'd, lo- I'd love to have you do. Number one, would you thank God morning and evening, like the psalm says? So what that looks like is... Wake up in the morning before you get out of bed. I know that's not when our mind is always clearest, but first of all, before you do anything else, thank God for God. Remember some of his his works and his deeds. And if that leads you to thank him for some of those other things in the four categories, great, that's fine. And then in the evening, before you close your eyes for the final time for the night, would you once again take time to thank God for God and remember his deeds, remember his works. And if that leads you to some of those other four categories, that's great too. Try that every night for the next 14 days. Okay, that's part one of your assignment. Part two is this. In the next two weeks, when somebody asks you, how are you doing? Because people do that all the time, right? Instead of saying fine, would you say, I'm thankful. How are you doing? I'm thankful. Because I I bet you they're going to ask you a follow-up question. Oh, really? For what? For God. Now you have an opportunity to witness. You can share your faith with them. Um, maybe you have an opportunity to invite them to church for our Christmas Eve service. In fact, let me show you how thankful I am. Come to me with, with me to the, our Christmas Eve service because we're going to hear about God's amazing gift to us in Christ. Uh, I hope you'll come with me. Which service do you want to go to? Okay. So if somebody asks you, how are you doing? You're going to say, I'm thankful. So let's, have, let's just practice that one real quick. How are you doing, everybody? I'm thankful. Perfect. Keep your eyes on your Lord. He is your rock. Thank him always. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we are thankful. We're thankful for who you are and for what you've done. In this uncertain world, you are certain. Your love is certain. Our future is certain in you. Lord, we are thankful that you are good all the time. You are upright. Uh, Lord, we are thankful that, that we are secure in Jesus. Thank you for his gift. Thank you for his forgiveness. Thank you for a right relationship with you that you established. Thank you for the eternal life that we know is to come. Lord, we thank you for everything, for all of the eternal spiritual things that can never be taken away. We thank you now and always in the name of Jesus. Amen.